Time for our daily news briefing, and we have here in the studio to help us out, Yu Su-min. Su-min, good morning to you. Good morning, Henry. We're going to start off with the president's remarks during a, a weekly meeting with senior Changwada aides. He is focused on boosting the economy. Uh, this is, of course, uh, made difficult because of the ongoing pandemic, and the focus on boosting the economy will lie largely with domestic consumption. Yeah, you're right. Well, South Korea's economy is hit hard by this COVID-19 pandemic, and to especially boost the domestic consumption, the president stressed the need for pan-governmental efforts to reinvigorate their economy. Well, we do know that the social distancing measures has been eased to the lowest from last week, and he cited this very fact and said that eased social distancing could serve as an important chance for raising consumption and economic vigor. And we also did see some positive signs in exports and outbound shipments. So if we do see some rebound in domestic consumption, we could also see a rebound in economy. And uh, the president used this very phrase that now is the golden time for economic recovery. And he claimed that the best quarantine is the shortcut to reviving the economy. And also noting that the recent September employment trend statistics worsened again, he said that it's regrettable that the COVID-19 resurgence in August threw cold water on the domestic demand, which was in the recovery cycle. But he said that South Korea now needs to shake off that disappointment. Now, to boost the domestic consumption, he did call for some various measures. He especially requested the immediate implementation of policy measures that were put off until now because of the virus quarantine. And for example, that includes this nationwide distribution of state-issued discount coupons designed to spur consumption. So because those vouchers were to especially to revive industry hit hard by the pandemic, like the arts, culture, hospitality, performance, and tourism sectors. Mm -hmm. And another pillar in boosting the economic recovery is, of course, the job market. So throughout the message, the president pointed out the resurgence of infection actually put a dent in new hires. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why he promised all-out government efforts to swiftly overcome the impact on the job market. And that, of course, included rounding out the emergency job security support provided by the fourth extra budget, supporting households in crisis, and also um, executing the project of creating over one million public sector jobs next year. And finally, to carry out the Korean version of New Deal to promote job creation. Right. So boosting domestic demand, trying to create some more jobs. Uh, these are all policies that uh, I would say a lot of people, maybe most people would say, would be helpful for mm-hmm. the economy. The key, the dilemma, and what we've seen in other countries around the world as they try to open up their economy, as other countries also wanted to boost domestic demand by uh, letting shops um, uh, open and have people come and go and try to encourage people to uh, spend into the economy, mm-hmm. is that inevitably the pandemic reared its ugly head again, and then you saw another increase or cluster infections and and, uh, big upsurges in uh, COVID-19 cases. So how to do this without having another explosion of Mm. COVID-19 cases as we've seen through um, various vacation periods Mm -hmm. where people were traveling and gathering, and then inevitably we saw the infections rise going to be difficult, but yeah. um, the, the balance here is we, we need to get the economy going, but at the same time, we also have to keep people safe and healthy, mm-hmm. which leads us to our second uh, story here, because uh, there is 
a concern now. Yeah. And this is indirectly related to the pandemic because mm-hmm. I think these programs rolled out because of the fact that yes, a lot of people were right. struggling. And so they wanted to provide free vaccines, mm-hmm. especially during flu season, uh, to people who need it. Now, we've had a, a very tragic case now, uh, still not directly uh, confirmed yet, mm. but there was a death of a teenager who had recently given these uh, uh, free vaccinations. Can you give us the details? Sure. Well, according to the Korea Disease Control and Prevention Agency, 353 cases have been reported, uh, people citing abnormal reactions after receiving a flu vaccination, and one death has been reported, so investigation into this case is underway. Now, the person who died was a teenager in Incheon who died two days after receiving a flu shot, although, like you said, the cause of death is still not yet determined. Well, the KDCA is now looking into the case of that 17-year-old boy who was vaccinated last Wednesday and died two days later in early Friday morning. Well, he was reportedly administered with one of the vaccine bottles that were shipped by Shinsung Pharmaceuticals, which is a distributor of some of the vaccine bottles that were exposed to room temperatures during the shipping process. Well, the authorities have collected some 480,000 doses that were shipped by Shinsung Pharmaceuticals. But Henry, one thing we have to make sure to avoid some confusion is that the flu vaccine that the deceased teenager had received is part of the free flu vaccination program and the bottle was shipped by Shinsung Pharmaceuticals. But this particular flu bottle reportedly were not subject to mishandling uh, during the shipping process. Mm. Now, according to KDCA Commissioner Chung Eun-kyung, Uh, The teenager showed no specific side effects before and after receiving the shot, and he passed away after a certain period of time. So autopsy is now underway to get to the bottom of his death to determine the exact cause of his death. Now, uh, we do know that recently those flu vaccines that were not properly refrigerated during the distribution process caused some public concern. But after some series of inspection, authorities have concluded that those mishandled vaccines have indeed passed the quality test, so there were no safety issues. Well, except for this death case in particular, most of the abnormalities reported to health authorities so far have been found to be mild symptoms. Well, those symptoms include some allergic reactions, uh, which was the most common uh, cases Mm. with 99 cases, uh, partial reactions like the swelling of the inoculated area with 98, and fever with 79 cases. And separately, a total of 80 cases have so far been reported of displaying some abnormal reactions after being administered vaccines that were decided to be collected because of these storage and shipping problems. Right. And so they will have to fully investigate the case of this tragic death of the uh, teenager in Incheon. But uh, right uh, as of now, independently, there is no confirmation that this was a direct causal result of uh, the flu infections. Uh, The other kind of reactions that you've been uh, citing here uh, along the lines of statistically if you receive flu vaccines mm-hmm. some people do receive have those yeah. kind of sa- side effects so uh, it is a concern uh, the government claims that these room temperature uh, stored vaccines are for the most most part safe but it gives to the larger concern mm. of vaccine distribution especially if there's a covid-19 
uh, vaccine that is developed and then put to market because there was a report coming out that uh, uh, in terms of the population, the global population, there are 3 billion people in the world that live in places where you cannot, it is not logistically accessible to have that cold storage protocol to get it to those Mm. people. So it's going to be a very big concern unless they can figure out another way or a technology that can uh, provide vaccines to people, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, also keep it uh, under that uh, cold storage protocol. So uh, we have to keep that in mind as well for the COVID-19 vaccine. Let's turn to the uh, big political story of the day. This uh, came in last night as Mm. a pretty big bombshell and a dramatic change in this uh, confrontation that had been brewing between the Justice Minister Chumye and the Prosecutor General Yoon Seok-yeol. There was this um, back and forth over the investigations over Lyme and uh, uh, Optimus and all of the kind of uh, accusations Mm. that had uh, embroiled both ruling party people as well as now opposition and prosecution officials. The justice minister basically has now said enough is enough. I'm taking over to make sure that there is a, a thorough investigation. Yeah, you're right. Well, Justice Minister Chumia exercised her authority to commend an investigation into the alleged involvement of former and incumbent prosecutors in the massive financial fraud that you talked about, a high-profile fund scandal. Now, she basically gave direct orders to the prosecution, including the Seoul Central District Prosecutor's Office and also Seoul Southern District Prosecutor's Office, not to take orders from Prosecutor General Yoon Sung-yeol and only report the results of the investigation to him. Well, she said that this order is intended to ensure what she called a fair and independent probe into those cases. Now, apparently, this is a pretty rare and unusual move, and it just came a day after the Justice Ministry raised the speculation that Prosecutor General Yoon Sung-yeol failed to conduct a thorough investigation into opposition politicians and prosecutors who are allegedly implicated in this case. Well, the Justice Ministry said that prosecution did not sufficiently look into the claims uh, made by Kim Bong-hyun, who is a key suspect in the fraud case involving this Lyme asset management. And the ministry claimed, uh, who claimed that he lobbied a senior prosecutor turned opposition politicians and prosecutors. Well, according to the prosecution, Justice Minister also ordered prosecutors and lower-ranking inspectors who are suspected of receiving bribes from those representatives of Lyme Asset Management to be excluded from such related investigation. And uh, Justice Minister also exercised the same right regarding an investigation into some allegations of fraud involving some family members of Prosecutor General Yoon Sung-yeol, including his mother-in-law. Now, if you take a uh, look at the response from the Supreme Prosecutor's Office, they responded in a statement that Yoon Sung-yeol has become unable to orchestrate the investigation into the Lyme case. Well, this is actually the second time that the Justice Minister has given direct orders related to an ongoing investigation since July. Now, that was when she took an action with regards to this probe into this alleged blackmail case involving a key aide to the top prosecutor, those media and prosecution collusion case. Well, the opposition parties slammed the Justice Minister move, saying that she is abusing her power, but the ruling Democratic Party said that she is exercising her legitimate authority. Yeah. And so if you look at this in the big picture, uh, and if the big picture is the people who want to see prosecutorial reform and the people who oppose prosecutorial reform and this widespread, long-running back and forth 
this saga that has occurred all the way up through the election of President Moon Jae-in, who vowed to reform the prosecution, and then uh, the uh, appointment of Cho Guk as Justice Minister, uh, who tried to get the ball rolling, and then the uh, passing of the fast-track legislation to make sure that there is the establishment of Gong Su Cho, the uh, uh, independent investigative commission, and then the appointment of Justice Minister Chu Mian, this back and forth with mm-hmm. uh, the Prosecutor General Yoon Seok-yeol, who's widely viewed to uh, be opposed to prosecutorial mm-hmm. reform. This is there are a lot of different inflection points. This is definitely an inflection point, and the um, y- y- we can talk about people who disagree or agree with uh, Justice Minister Chu's actions. But in terms of politically speaking, uh, if it's a chess match between uh, Chu Mie and Yun Seok-yeol, it does seem like Yun Seok-yeol is in a little bit of a, a corner now uh, yeah. because uh, he has maybe overplayed his hand with the lime asset management cases, and now the uh, direct attention being paid to his own family members mm-hmm. and those allegations that a lot of people on the other side have said, why are you investigating Cho Guk and Chu Mie and all these ruling parties? But nobody's addressing those uh, things that were broken by that news tapa story in regards mm-hmm. to uh, Yoon seok family. Um, we're gonna, it, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks, I think it's safe to say. Let's turn to our next story. Again, a lot of concerns over people who have been sort of struggling during this uh, pandemic mm-hmm. era. Uh, one of the uh, victims of this could be the overworked delivery workers. We know that uh, as we become sort of socially distanced, untaxed services, including online deliveries, has boomed. And that has led to a lot of uh, extra work for delivery workers, and it has resulted in tragedy. Um, Can you talk about uh, some of these workers that have died because of overwork? Yeah, right. Like you said, Henry, the volume of this delivery service has soared because of the virus infection, and the delivery service workers who have had who have to handle those increased volume of packages were suffering from this chronic overwork and were dying because of these causes. Well, this year alone, 10 delivery service workers have already passed away for working over time. And according to a delivery workers collective, uh, which is a joint organization of 13 civic groups, a contract logistics worker who, who was employed by the logistic company Hanjin Express have died recently. Well, uh, the 36-year-old worker, surnamed Kim, he worked at a company branch in Seoul Central Ward of Dongdaemun, and he was found dead at his home Monday last week. Now, the civic group claimed that Kim's passing was undoubtedly also caused by overwork because, according to the civic organization, he was relatively young. He was 36 36 years old, and he was confirmed, uh, according to the civic group, they said that he had no prior health issues. Well, the task force also disclosed the text message that he sent to his uh, superior four days before his passing, and in the text, the worker asked for a reduction in his workload because he was under this intense work schedule and he was also um, he didn't have enough time to rest and recharge. Now, this company, which is a division of South Korean Transportation Hanjin Group, the company has reportedly claimed that Kim had underlying health issues. So this is in contrast with what the civic organization had said. Mm-hmm. And the company actually said that his delivery load was around 200 parcels per day, which is below the supposed industry average. But the workers' group, however, argued that Kim's daily load ranged between 200 and 300 packages during the week before the Chuseok holiday. And the workers for this particular company covered wider range of delivery areas compared to other logistic companies. So this actually indicates the strenuous work schedules that he was under. 
So then the wider question, Sumin, is what are some of the government measures with the the rising number of industrial accidents? Well, the political circles have been in a fierce debate because of the death of delivery service workers. And this is because three delivery workers have died during this parliamentary audit period. And all three are believed to have died because of this excessive work. And this has raised criticism over the working environment of the delivery service workers. So uh, the ruling Democratic Party of Korea has called for Park Eun-hee, CEO of CJ Logistics, and Kim Bum-seok, the CEO of Coupang, which is an e-commerce company, as witnesses before the General Audit of Environment and Labor Committee that's scheduled for the 26th. Well, that is because we not only saw the recent death of a Hanjin company employee that we just talked about, but we also uh, saw uh, Kim Won-jong, a delivery worker at CJ Korea Express, was uh, he was taken to a hospital for chest pain and he died on October the 8th. And also a 20-year-old worker at Chilgo Kupang Logistics Center, he, Chang, surname Chang, died on the 12th. Mm-hmm. So with these series of tragic accidents, the government decided to inspect major package delivery companies to check whether they abide by the safety measures, including the prevention of overwork. And also during the government meeting on employment labor issues, Labor Minister Lee Jae-gap had said that the government will conduct emergency inspections of 40 major sub-terminals and 400 branches of CJ Logistics, Hanjin Express, and others regarding the safety and health measures that's aimed at preventing those health problems like overwork from October 21st to November 13th. And the labor ministry also plans to interview some 6,000 delivery workers who have contracted with these offices, and the government will take some appropriate legal actions if violators are if some violations are confirmed. And the labor minister also said that the ministry has launched an investigation into the allegations that the application from a recently deceased CJ worker, Kim Won-jung, to renounce industrial accident insurance may have been written by someone else. Mm. And the officials actually conducted some on-spot investigation into the CJ branch where he worked. And the officials said that they will look into other delivery offices to see if there are some similar manipulation, possibly by branch operators, to avoid paying some insurance premiums. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see their profits rise. But at the same time, you hope that uh, they can also take care of these uh, workers who are really making up the bulk of their uh, profits. Let's uh, round out with some positive news, though, on the economy. Uh, amidst the pandemic, uh, production, domestic demand, and outbound shipments of Automobiles have all increased. Yeah, you're right. Well, domestic car production, domestic demand, and exports all rose by double digits last month. So this is a pretty promising figure amidst all the grim economic outlook that we saw recently. Mm. Now, this is the first time in six months that we saw these three figures regarding the automobile industry posting an optic. And actually, domestic sales of eco-friendly cars especially accounted for a 15% increase by 15%, Mm. and that was actually the largest ever. So some eyes are on whether the uh, auto market will continue to recover in the fourth quarter this year. Now, if you take a look at the data compiled by the Ministry of Trade, Industry, and Energy, uh, the, it, showed, we show, it showed a 23.2% increase in car production. And this was largely because of the recovery in domestic demand and also a rise in exports. And we saw a 22.2% increase in domestic consumption and also a separate 14.8% increase in exports compared to the same month previous year. Well, in particular, the production of medium and large sedans and SUVs have increased quite significantly. 
And also, Korea's automobile exports, those outbound shipments, rebounded in September, so basically snapping a decline of five consecutive months, and that was mainly because of the increased shipments to North America. And it's worth noting that the proportion of high-value-added vehicles like those SUVs and electric vehicles have increased. And also, the eco-friendly cars like these electric vehicles also did pretty well. So, something to look forward to as hopefully the global economy continues to improve that Mm -hmm. uh, the proportion of uh, automobiles in uh, the Korean uh, burgeoning uh, export sector also uh, improves. Sumin, as always, thank you very much for the reporting. Great job, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Henry.